The scripture I'm going to wait and read in a moment because it doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you understand the context, which I want to tell you about. But the book of Isaiah can be divided into three distinct historical periods. Chapters 1 through 39 occurs during the time before uh, Israel was invaded by the Babylonians. And so the first 39 chapters are filled with pleas from the prophet to repent and to change before they end up being taken into captivity. And so he keeps pleading with them to, to, to repent, um, but unfortunately they don't. And so then chapters 40 through um, 55, they are in captivity in Babylon. Uh, they have been captured and brought back there. And then the last section, chapters 56 through 66, they've been released from captivity and they've gone back to Jerusalem to try to rebuild, and it's the story of how God leads them in reestablishing their, their city and their nation uh, after their time of exile. So there's these three different time periods, and it's led a lot of scholars to believe that, you know, there's three different authors, um, uh, you know, of each section. But in, in, if you read scholarly stuff, it will refer to 1st Isaiah, 2nd Isaiah, and 3rd Isaiah. And so that's what they're talking about, is these different time periods. So the, the text we're going to look at this morning is in 2nd Isaiah. It's in that middle section. And uh, the Assyrians went in and they destroyed Jerusalem. And it was a part of their strategy. They did this every, everywhere they conquered a city. They would take out the people with money and influence, the leadership, and they would bring them back to Babylon. That way the people who were left were less likely to cause problems and rebel. And so they'd take the leaders back to Babylon and they would put them in basically a prisoner of war camp. And that's where they would be, in the city. And uh, they had done this with, um, with Israel. They had, they had captured the city, brought the, the leadership back, and they were captured, and they were within this prisoner of war camp within the city. So uh, picture this. I mean, imagine this. You're, you're an Israelite. They've just captured your city, brought you back as a prisoner. And now you're having to watch them parade and celebrate in the street. You're, you're locked up behind a fence and you're having to watch them parade and celebrate in, in the street, worshiping and praising their gods. Um, uh, they worshiped a god named Bel, who was also called Marduk, and he had a son named Nebo. And, and so they're praising those gods because they defeated Yahweh of Israel. And, and you're there and you're watching this. And then this really interesting thing happens. The Persians, I'm sorry for the history lesson, but the context is important. The Persians then invade the Babylonians. So, so they've captured you, you're a prisoner of war inside the city, and now the Persians are coming to capture them. So you're looking at your captors worried about being captured by this other army that's now invading their city. And so once the walls were breached and the Persians started pouring into the city, the Babylonians decided it was time to get out of Dodge. And so they start grabbing their stuff and, and fleeing. And some of them took their big stone idols of their gods of Baal and Marduk and Nebo, and they loaded them in, in carts for their oxen to pull. But these stone gods were so heavy, it slowed them down and they got captured by the Persians because they couldn't get their gods out of the city fast enough. 
Now, that's what's happening in the scripture that we're going to read this, this morning. In Isaiah chapter 46, the people are watching this scene. They're captors trying to get out of the city with their big, heavy stone gods, and then the Persians capturing them because they can't make it. As he says, Bell bows down, Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They stoop down and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go into captivity. And then he makes fun of them. He turns to the people who are, who are the prisoners of war and he says, listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, whom I have upheld since your birth. I have carried you since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs. And, and that includes everyone whose hair would be gray, but isn't. That's still included. <laughs> I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you. I will rescue you. <laughs> what a picture. Here the Babylonians are trying to save their gods from being captured, and they end up getting captured. And, and the prophet looks at them and says, you see that? We serve a God we don't have to carry. We serve a God who carries us. That's the difference. He's, that's the difference in our God. Because we didn't make God. The Babylonians, they made these gods with their own hands. But the difference is, God made you with God's own hands. God created you. God loves you. God will carry you. You don't have to carry God. God is the one who delivers us. God is the one who delivers us from bad habits and from addictions that can ruin our lives. God is the one who picks us up and carries us. We don't have to carry God. God is the one who delivers us from the things that make us prisoners of a way of life that we don't really want to live. God helps us and God carries us in our struggles to change. And God carries us when we go through difficult times. We've all been there. And we look back and realize that God carried us through that situation and helped us through that difficult time. God carries us. God lifts us up. And throughout history, God is the one who delivers God delivered the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. God delivered the, the nation of Israel out of exile in Babylon. Jesus came to deliver us. God is the one who carries us and holds us and delivers us. And the only bad thing about God carrying us is that sometimes God carries us places we don't want to go. Because well, God will carry us to the places that we need to go. God may carry us um, to some places of service that we've avoided. God may take us to the door of someone we've avoided. But God carries us. Now, unfortunately, 
Sometimes we Christians act like Babylonians. We act like God needs us to carry God around. But God is the one who carries us. It's, it's, it's totally different. And, but, but, you know, we make the mistake sometimes we try to defend God. You know, there are people who use the Bible as a textbook to prove the existence of God. They argue about it. They get angry over it. They even say and sometimes do terrible things to people who disagree with them. There are people who feel like they always have to defend the Bible. They always have to defend God. And they discover what our Babylonian friends discovered. That God gets awfully heavy to carry. That God is a real burden. You know, when I first became a Christian, I thought God needed me to defend the Bible and to defend God. And then I realized how absolutely ridiculous that was. <laughs> that the God who created everything that exists does not need me to defend him. I mean, think about it. You know, imagine there's a Tampa Bay offensive lineman. And, and then there's a defensive lineman. And I step between them and I tell the, the, the offensive guy, hey, don't worry. I'll protect you from this guy. Well, that's a bad idea on many levels. One is because I can't. And two, he doesn't need my help. <laughs> he's just fine. He, he's got this on his own. And, and so it, it, that's how it is when we, we think we have to defend God and protect God. Now, I can't clean up everything the Bible says and make it make sense. I can't explain why bad things happen to good people. I can't tell you why Hurricane Ian hit southwest Florida instead of somewhere else. I don't know. But I gave up defending God and making excuses for God and defending the Bible because I realized God doesn't need me. God's not there for me to prop up and carry around. But God carries us. And, and for some people... You know, having to explain everything and trying to make everything make sense becomes a God that is too heavy to carry. And for some people, their entire religion is a burden to be carried. They do good works, but it's, it's, out of, it's not out of love and gratitude, but it's, it's out of responsibility and duty. The attitude is, I have to serve God instead of, I get to serve God. And carrying our gods around can be backbreaking work. But when we serve the God who created us, it's different because God carries us. And that doesn't mean it, it doesn't get difficult at times. It does. doesn't mean we don't go through hard times and things always go our way. But in the end, we don't have to carry God because God carries us. God lifts us up. You know, the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee among Pharisees. He kept the law as, as well as anyone could. He was busy defending God and persecuting the church. And then on his way to Damascus, he realized that he was carrying a heavy God around. And he met a God instead who offered to set him free from all that and carry him and give him new life. 
You know, Martin Luther, the founder of the Protestant Reformation, he tried to live a perfect, sinless life. And he tried so hard, and it was such a burden. And then one day he was reading Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that says, the righteous shall live by faith. And somehow it clicked. And he realized he didn't have to carry this burden around, but instead God would carry him. And it changed his life. You know, John Wesley, you know, the founder of Methodism, he tried so hard to live a sinless life, and he wanted to be perfect, and he wanted to please God, and he carried that around until it nearly crushed him. And then one night, in a place called Aldersgate, he understood that God was there to carry him, and it changed his life. He wrote that famous phrase that his heart was strangely warmed. And that's how it is for all of us. You know, for a lot of people, religion is a burden. It's a prison. But Jesus came to set us free from the burden. He came to set us free from the prison. We can put down our heavy God's and enter into a relationship with the God who carries us instead. So this morning, if you're tired, if you're exhausted from carrying around a God you were taught about in your youth that needs you to defend him, you can put that down today. If you're tired of carrying around a God who is judgmental and is waiting on people to mess up so he can punish them and send them to hell. That's a heavy God. You can lay that down. And let the God who created you, who is head over heels in love with you, pick you up and carry you. It's not our job to make to defend God before the world. We don't have to carry our God. God carries us. And that is the good news. We serve a God who carries us. Amen.